0: Hello and good morning. Welcome to the Father and Son Grace and Truth Podcast. My name is Andrew and I'm here with my father, Martin. How you doing, Dad?
1: Hey, it's another beautiful day here in North Carolina. Um, it's been a great April. I've fallen in love with April in North Carolina. I've uh, identified some new birds, um, been able to identify some more bird calls. Uh, I'm having a great time.
0: Nice. And you're spending a lot of time outside there.
1: I am. I want to live outside. I told Rebecca a couple of nights ago, I said I could live outside. And she said, (laughs) she kind of laughed and said, well, I'm not going. (laughs) And I really don't want to live outside. I do want to sleep in my bed. (laughs) But I did on that particular, I believe it was, I think it was a Sunday. Yeah. It's been you
0: know, the vast majority of the day outside and loved it. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. It is. Sweet. So we are in a series right now um, called, what is a Christian? What does it mean to live, to follow Jesus? And so last week we kind of laid the foundation for identifying what it, how, first of all, how you follow Jesus and become a Christian. And then those first identifying steps so, um, today we're talking about growth, Dad, and growth is a fun thing to talk about. Yes. When uh, you asked Megan and I both what was our favorite thing about each other, um, we both said that the other one is always willing to grow mm-hmm. and strives to grow. So, I love talking about growth.
1: <laughs> love it. I'm so, so excited about this, The to talk about the sort of overarching issue of Okay, now you're a Christian. What do you do? How do you live? And Andrew, I want to kick this off by asking you a very, you know, crucial question. And that is what makes things grow?
0: Um, So, a few things that come to mind are, you know, what makes plants grow is water and sun and good soil. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, Um, A lot of patience, a lot of time, and a lot of, um, yeah, just kind of consistently watering and getting sun Mm -hmm. and keeping the soil good. You'll grow. Mm
1: -hmm. Is it unusual that things grow?
0: No, it is not.
1: And so you would expect in the normal sort of patterns of life as we understand them, that things grow.
0: Yep. Absolutely.
1: So there is a very powerful sense in which growth is normal. Mm -hmm. And that as long as you have the things God intended us to have, that growth is expected and that growth is rather common good good that's that's good because spiritual growth is the same thing as as other kinds of growth it's normal yep god has fully equipped you he's given you everything you need for life and godliness you don't need a special key you don't need a a secret you know thing you don't have to discover secrets or mysteries um, yeah this is normal and as you live your life if you provide for the things that you need for spiritual growth you will grow there's no doubt about it yep it is as normal as when you go out and you put up you know seed of corn into the ground and it's good soil and it's good sun, and you water it, it's gonna grow. Yep. It's gonna grow, unless something comes and eats it, <laughs> <laughs> which does happen.
0: But yeah. your normal,
1: normal expectation is that things grow. Oh, yep. Boy, gosh, it's just so fun in April because the trees just explode. You know, they're yeah. bare as can be in the beginning of April. And then mm-hmm. by the end, I'm looking outside my window now, and it's just just this, this blanket of green, of green yep. forest. Um, and it's normal. It's what trees do. Now, when you set out to talk about discipleship, it's very, very, very helpful to lay out what I see are the challenges to understanding how this works. And two challenges meet everybody who tries to talk about Christian growth. And the first challenge is to fall into the trap of what works for me should therefore work for everyone. You know, if, if you thought that this program was just the best or you liked this guy's writings where you found this approach to spirituality worked for you, then you just assume that that's going to work for everyone. And that's not a good assumption.
0: Yeah. And I think that, you know, we see that true in, you know, when people are talking about um, losing weight and exercising and eating, and you know, not everyone is built the same. Not everyone had the same experience growing up. Not everyone did sports. You know, there's there's a lot of different factors that go into working out and being healthy and eating well. And it's kind of the same thing with um, Christian, your Christian journey and with God. You know what what works literally for me is completely different from you, you right.
1: so let's explore that let's follow that cuz i think you made an excellent point what well, would you say works for you in trying to get into god's patterns of growth
0: yeah so what i've what i've done over man i'm You know, I had never accomplished this before because I wasn't one for strict routine. But um, I would say five to seven days a week, I wake up and, you know, make make a cup of coffee, grab a little something bite to eat um, and then head right over to my desk area. And then I'll usually read um, a few chapters, um, spend time talking with God and journal and so i like to write things down and get my feelings out and uh you know but it's not just like a hey god thank you for this you're wonderful you're glorious Uh, yeah all that yes but i also write down like hey god i'm kind of pissed about this or why is this happening or lord i don't understand this help me understand or different things like that so that's that's one aspect and then uh I recently joined a group called Joshua's men this year, where it's a group of um, 10 of us who are reading 10 books throughout the year. And then we're meeting once a month with the whole group to kind of talk about the books. And um, it's really just to have like a group of guys, think of it as like an army battalion. These are your brothers who you're doing life with and with the, goal of becoming a godlier man Mm -hmm. so you know the the community aspect and also my daily routine are both two ways that i uh pursue my relationship with god and actually a third way too is i've been very um cautious about what i consume Mm -hmm. so a lot of the music i listen to is just um modern day worship music and you know, because music is one of the ways you can not even realize it but put some bad thoughts or images into your mind. So very careful with what I watch on T V movie wise, um and uh the music I listen to. So those are three ways that I would say I pursue my
1: That's fabulous. Absolutely love that. And' it's a good example of of sort of where what I'm trying to say here about what works for you and now works for me. I don't do yeah. any of those things yeah. <laughs> so my spiritual life is is I love the disciplines of abstinence. I love silence, I love solitude, I love being with God that there is no greater joy for me than to be in God's creation and just be with God and meditate on God and enjoy God. Um, And there's no rhyme or reason to where that goes. I may think about scripture, I may not, but it is a absolutely joyful simplicity of resting and being in God's creation and having that lead me to God's presence. Um, you know, I became a Christian in Yosemite National Park and um, you know, the group groups that I was with at that time, you know, some of us would take off on the weekends to the high places, we'd grab our Bibles and our backpacks, you know, to spend time with God and that's what I've done. <laughs> Yeah. And, um, I've certainly done many other things and we'll talk about those, but, uh, I love quiet and I love solitude, not loneliness, solitude, because solitude is about being with God. It's not about being alone. Um, you know, that's me. Um, yeah, and, and go uh,
0: ahead. go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say, and th- there's a clear difference there. And I remember being younger and all the hikes and the quiet times <laughs> you <tried to> have <laughs> with me, and how much that uh failed.
1: <laughs> that didn't really work for you, did it, Andrew?
0: Yes, no, so but the point being that we are both. You know, we're not both perfect by any sense of the form. That's a misconception of Christianity and Christians. But, you know, we are both pursuing God in our own ways. And God isn't looking at your way or my way or saying it's better because different ways work for different people.
1: At different times, even. good. So let's go on. The second challenge is you have to ask the question, is my vision for discipleship able to address a whole life? And this is so important, you know, um, life is long. And unless you have a sort of a vision for discipleship that can embrace decades that can embrace growing up, uh, high school, college, getting married, having children or being single and dealing with that, um, um, going through midlife watching your kids grow up and go away or always being alone or or finally even facing death unless you can get all that in your mind about growth you're gonna it's gonna fail because life is gonna go on and just like a tree grows a certain way when it's young It slows down a whole lot toward the end. You know, if you plant a tree when it's really going, it's different every year. Older trees, you cannot see the difference from year to year, really. So things change. And unless you have a sense of discipleship that ebbs and flows and grows, then you're not going to make it or it's going to be very tough to stay engaged. Does that make sense?
0: That makes a lot of sense, and I think um one of the most important things that um I could say to parents is planting that seed when you're younger. you know, I feel like I have heard this story so many times <laughs> it's almost feels like it's the way of Christian life is the parents plant the seed when they're younger and their kids and they go to church and they believe that there's a God and they accept Christ. And then, you know, high school comes around, college comes around after you graduate and you just simply fall away and um, follow your own path and make mistakes and learn and all that. But because you did a great job parenting and um led your kids to the lord they they come back because they had that seed planted and it's um yeah just when i was going through my whole journey i always remembered in the back of my mind i I believe there's god and i know i'm not living the right way so that's just my encouragement for parents: is, you know, if you have a kid who's going out astray or whatnot, that you know, he he has God and God's working on his or her mm-hmm. plan. So,
1: you know what Jesus told a story about that. Do you know what it was?
0: Prodigal and son.
1: There you go. Yeah, that was great, yeah. Andrew. Thanks for sharing that. So, um, this these challenges. That you have to make sure that what works for you, you do not force on everyone else. And you have to have a vision for discipleship that has lifelong led me to Romans, particularly to Romans 6 through 8. Now I'm going to very briefly get you to Romans 6. So all aboard for the jet tour of Romans. Here we go. <laughs> Paul begins you. after he says hi to the Romans with the bad news. And the bad news in Romans chapter one, beginning at verse 18, is that everybody is under God's wrath because of sin. Gentiles or non-Jews are under God's wrath because they have revelation from creation and they refuse it. They reject it. Everybody knows there is a God and there is a creator, but they choose to fight against that revelation and are thus condemned by God. Good people in Romans chapter two are condemned by God because they know that even though they have their own code, they don't even obey that. They don't need to have God's law to be condemned of sin because they know they should do life a certain way and yet don't. Finally, in the rest of Romans two and three, Paul goes after Jews and says, Jews, you have God's law. And you don't obey it either. So his conclusion is the whole world is under God's judgment and under sin. And then finally, near the end of Romans 3, he says, Jesus came to save us. That through his death on the cross, he can justify sinners and be just in doing so because of the death of Christ. Now, Paul knows that a lot of people aren't going to buy that. That sounds new. That sounds funny. He wants to make sure they stay with him. So in Romans 4, he says, and just if you're thinking this is anything new, Abraham was saved by faith. Genesis 15 6. Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And also, sin. Came about the same way that salvation came about. You may remember reading in your Bible that Adam sinned and the whole world was cast into sin. In the same way, Jesus brought righteousness and perfection. And through his death, can in the same way that Adam's sin went to everybody, Christ's righteousness can go to everybody. So he says, all right, team, we're all together. Now let's talk about how to live this life in Romans chapter 6. And I have to tell you, Andrew, the Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8, I just mm-hmm. love them. They are probably, other than the Sermon on the Mountain, the Upper Room Discourse, that just, they're my life. They just find so much there. Yeah. And what Romans chapter 6 teaches us is that now that you're a Christian, now that you've been united with Christ, now that you're living with Christ, now that you have been transformed into a saint who sometimes acts like a sinner, what do you do? And Paul says this in Romans chapter 6, 13, and it's, super important. He says this, do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness. And most Christians get that. And most Christians, they just narrowly interpret that to sex. And that's a good application, but it's so much more. He goes on, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life in other words now you're alive let's go and he says and offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness paul says as you grow understand that your body is the most important spiritual resource
0: Andrew, did you ever
1: see the Andy Griffiths show?
0: Um, I don't even know if I was alive then.
1: <laughs> but it's a very old <laughs> show. And for those people my age, um, you know, we have a lot of fond memories about it. Do you know who Ron Howard yep. is? He did these shows I called do not. Arrested Development. He did some other movies. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I think he was involved in Parenthood or some, I forget. But he's a very accomplished producer. He still does stuff now. But he was a kid, a very small kid, and there was a comic interest in in Andy Griffith. But there was a guy in that show called Barney Fife, who was the deputy Mm -hmm. along with Sheriff Andy Griffith. And Barney Fife was a Mm -hmm. hilarious guy. He's this thin, small sort of anemic looking fellow who thought he was tough. And uh, one of his Mm -hmm. sort of standard things was that he was super good at self-defense and fighting, and he would say, my whole body is a weapon. (laughs) And and it just was silly when he said that. And when I come to Romans 6, I always think of Barty 5, is that my whole body is a weapon. That what I need to do now is God has remade me by his spirit inside. He's given me a heart of flesh. He's put his law into me. What I need to do now is work that out into my my body. You need to have Mm -hmm. a Christianity that thinks your body is a good thing to be used for God and train it train it to be holy and so you read things like okay love your brothers how do you do that
0: um by loving them (laughs) um Loving your brothers, you know, you show, you show grace to them. Be kind to them. Um,
1: All right, Andrew, it's Olivia Newton-John once said, let's get physical.
0: Yeah.
1: Take your hands, Andrew. Look at your hands. Yep. This hand is love. These arms mm-hmm. are love. Hug people. That needs to be loved with these hands and these. Mm -hmm. If someone is sad, take this hand and put a pen in it and write a note. Yeah. Look at your feet and say, I know somebody's hurting. I'm going to use these feet to walk to them. When you walk into church, you say, God, Use my eyes. Show me who I need to talk to. Train your eyes to do what God wants you to do. Use your body. Now, let me ask you a question. What happens when you get up in the morning and go to study and spend time with God at your desk? What are you doing Physically,
0: training my eyes to, uh, yeah.
1: So, when you're reading your Bible, this is so important. Oh, I wish I could. I've tried to explain this so many ways. I hope this works. Is when you say to your eyes, I'm going to read God's word, you are training your eyes to be in God's kingdom to be under God's control. Mm -hmm. You're saying, my eyes are going to look at what God wants me to look at. And I do that. The first thing in the morning is I look at God's word. And so then throughout the day, you have some training about how to keep and use your eyes. You're walking to the kitchen. You're walking to the desk. You're training your feet to do what God says to do. You're training your hands to hold things the way God wants you to hold them. Do you see that?
0: Yeah, no, that's great. I've and never so heard that before. so
1: when later on, God says, okay, now, Andrew, sort of get a spirits prompting. I want you to get up and go to talk to that person. You have feet that are trained. You have eyes that saw that. You have a mind filled with God's word. You have a hand that can touch them. You're ready. That is what it means to offer your body to God.
0: Man, that's that's powerful. I've never heard it like now, that. Man, glad you I like love this.
1: That. This is not new. As a matter of fact, the old saints, yeah. they understood this. I want to read to you from a hymn called take my life and let it be just listen to the wisdom this woman had and this is phenomenal listen to this take my hands and let them move at the impulse of thy love take my feet and let them be swift and beautiful for thee swift and beautiful for thee Take my voice and let me sing always only for my king. Take my lips and let them be filled with messages from thee. Filled with messages from thee. Did she say the same thing I just did? She did. Yes. This is old wisdom. Mm -hmm. And Andrew, the more physical you can be and... This is why you want to raise your hands in worship. You want to clap. You want to use as much of your body as possible to God. You often bring up Romans 12:1 about renewing your mind. Paul also yes. says in this verse to offer your body as a living sacrifice. So it's not yep. just your mind; it's physical. Yeah. And I love it when churches like you often do these things with passion, where they do like a "Let's Love Atlanta" and you go out and pick up trash and work in people's gardens. I love that. Yeah. I just jump up and down in and it mm-hmm. because it's so physical. You have yeah. to move. <laughs> you know, and it breaks yeah. my heart. I. You know, I was brought up on uh, the what I call BNR Christianity, which is believe and read. Mm-hmm. And that's whatever yeah. problem you have, whatever comes up, whatever sin is besetting you, just believe more and read stuff. Here's a book. And let me tell you, there's a yep. lot to that. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but it is so incomplete. So incomplete. Yep. And the first thing Paul says for you, is use your body. Think about your whole body, the parts, the hands, the fingers, the eyes, the tongue, and give that all to God and practice bringing it into his kingdom. And there's so much of life that gets better, like hiking, hike for God. Breathe for God. Draw for God. And uh, did you ever see a movie called Chariots of Fire? I think you'd like uh, to I did not. Put that down on your list.
0: Uh, it's it. about a
1: runner who goes into the Olympics and some strange things happen and his event winds up on the Sabbath and he doesn't do it, but then does another event and wins. But in one of uh, his sort of... Conversations or overdubs. There's this wonderful quote, and it goes like this: "When I run, I feel God's pleasure." I just love that because yeah, he is, that's good. And running is so all-consuming; you have to be fully engaged. And it, was, he's like saying, yeah. "When I am fully alive." I feel God. Love it. So mm. use your body use as much as possible. And be aware in everything you do, what your body is being trained to do and train it for God and not for sin. Growth.
0: hmm
1: that's, That's awesome. Today,
0: Andrew, how's that? Yeah, man, today was great. I feel like there's a lot of valuable content. And man, if you're just tuning in for the first time because someone sent you our way because um, we were going through this series, welcome. And we hope you found this very valuable because today I got a lot out of
1: it. I learned. Some hey, Andrew, I can stuff. only tell you that when I learned this stuff, I started dabbling with this in the 90s. It was life changing for me. Yeah, and it was critical yeah. because at that particular point, I was getting a little bored. I was getting a little, just I didn't think the Christianity was wrong, but I was sort of like, "Is this all there is? Do I just sit around and read yeah. books all the time?"
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I like to sit and read. Yeah, but I wasn't making connections with hiking, with life, with energy. Uh, and with my body. And when I started to learn and figure this stuff out, it is life-changing.
0: So, Andrew,
1: we are the Father and Son Grace and Truth Podcast. Do you have a word of grace today?
0: I do, and we are. (laughs) Um, So, one thing that I have um, been struggling with Um, is I feel like we are very divided as a country right now. There is the get businesses back up and running team, and there's the stay inside until we're safe and have a vaccine team. And, you know, I'm not going to dive into where I stand on that point, but um, one thing that I have been really prayerful about is you know, having grace for everyone, having grace for the people who have pre-existing conditions and can't come outside, having faith for the people who are just full with fear, um, just because they're full of fear, honestly. Um, and so, I was led to Romans um, fifteen five, and it says, "May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I love this. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ is welcomed you for the glory of God. So my word of grace is have grace for every person in every single situation because you don't know what they've been through. You don't know if they have preexisting conditions. You don't know why they're fearful. You don't um, knows all these different things. Everyone's going to react differently. So, um, you know, try your best not to judge them, to pray for them and to have grace for them. Try to understand yeah, before you great. judge.
1: Good. Romans 15. Great stuff. Love that. Okay, word of truth. Um, Christian, your spiritual growth is your responsibility. And though groups are very helpful and essential, they're an essential nutrient, you must do this yourself. I know no thoughtful, deep Christian, who does not take this view. If you're going to follow God and seek God, you will often find yourself alone. Not a whole lot of people really want to do this. It's, it's sad. I, yeah. I wish I could tell you differently, but that's not my experience. My experience and the people I know that are dedicated to God seeking Do it because they choose daily to do it, regardless of anything else. So choose Mm -hmm. God every day. Remembering that, um, I've always felt it strange to sing this in a group, but we often do. Um, I have decided to follow Jesus. Though none go with me, still I will follow though none go with me, still I will follow. You seek God because you know that it is what you want. And let me tell you the times in my life, where I've had great groups to be with and great people to be with, who did this together with me, were wonderful, but they aren't that common. You have to choose to do it yourself every day.
0: Truth. Boom, (laughs) and there it is, man. I'm loving. I'm loving this series. You know, this is more than I could have imagined for this when we first started talking about this. So awesome. Um, Just so everyone knows, we will be going live. Um, That's Uh, May twenty sixth, correct?
1: That sounds right. Just give me one second.
0: Yes, May 26th. Perfect. So May 26th, we will be going live with our episode. We'll be doing a recap of season one. And uh, we'd love Mm -hmm. if you asked us some questions. If you have any questions from any of the episodes, um, whether that was understanding the Bible, going through the Bible, or what it is to live as a Christian, ask us questions. You can um, email us at podcast at gmail.com you can send us a facebook message you could comment on a message if you know us personally you could call us text us and um we'll be answering those questions live on facebook so um we're really excited about that and uh thanks everyone for tuning in
1: Hi, everyone. This is Martin again with your review. So uh, last week, we talked about how to become a Christian and how to properly and joyfully say, I am a saint who sometimes acts like a sinner. And uh, now we're ready to begin the road of discipleship. And that road is not one that requires secrets, special formulas, Growth is normal. When you follow God's very clear plans on how things grow, things grow, and indeed they do. So, I also mentioned that there were a few challenges to those who set out to understand discipleship. There are two. The first is to think that what works for me works for everyone. And this is a big mistake. Um, we're all very different. Um, we require different nutrients, just like some flowers like sandy soil, others like a lot of hummus, just like some like full sun, some like the shade. Um, those are all God's creatures under his guidance and they grow in different ways. And so do we. Um, so don't assume That what works for you will work for everyone. And also you need to have a vision of discipleship that will fill a whole life. A life is a long time and you'll go through a lot of transitions. And the wider and more complete your understanding of discipleship is, the more you're liable to stay with it uh, for a lifetime. That led us to Romans. And after briefly going through Romans, we took a look at Romans 6. And wow, Romans 6, 7, and 8 are just so wonderful. And in Romans 6, what Paul directs us to is a spirituality that is physically driven. In other words, Paul is saying that now that you are in Christ, you need to Use your body to serve him. And I want to read Romans 6, verse 13. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness. That's the negative thing we we need to avoid. But, now the positive thing, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. This is the challenge that our bodies are a vital and crucial spiritual asset, and that taking your faith and making it as physical as possible is a great key, if you would, a key nutrient growth. Um, Chariots of Fire, great movie. Recommend that you watch it if you haven't. Um, There's a man who's a runner. He also is a, a lover of God. And what he said was, when I run, I feel God's pleasure. And I thought that man is in Romans 6. He understands Romans 6, how that Feeling of being totally alive and fully exerting yourself directs you and leads you straight to God and comes from Him. Now, there's a whole lot more to this. This is a review, so I'm not going to say anything more other than to follow Olivia Newton John's advice and get physical. Bring your hands, your feet, your tongue, your arms, your stomach, your legs, your feet. God's kingdom to be used by God. As Barney Fife used to say in Andy Griffith, my whole body is a weapon. Thanks, guys. Next week, we're going to talk about failure from Romans 7.